0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Thank you, Eddie. Bless you and your family, sir. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter number 4. We're going to come to a conclusion today in our July series, our fifth and final part of a summer series that we've been teaching called Gong Fishing. It's been a little fun series that we've been in, Gong Fishing. We opened up this series. It's all based out of Matthew 4. We opened up the series talking about what are we fishing for. Well, we're fishing for people, fishing for souls. The Bible says that a man that wins souls is wise. He's wise. I've tried to help us in this series to understand that if you're going to win souls, you better use wisdom. So we talked about what's in your tackle box. We we, we discussed fish attractant, living an attractive life that causes people to want to know the Lord of your heart. There's nothing more unattractive, nothing more unattractive than an unattractive Christian. So let's live an attractive life, a life of, of ethics, of morals, a life of honesty and integrity. Let's live a life that makes people think how in the world do they live that way in a world that we're living in? Well, it's none other than that he is the Lord of our heart. And then uh, we talked about influencing people and not by manipulating, not by intimidating, not by judging, but by blessing people. Can I get an amen? And then last Sunday we had fun talking about setting the hook. And I just did a little Bible class last Sunday on how, how to share Jesus with an unbeliever. And today is our fifth and final installment of this series. And we're going to go fishing today with a guide. Fishing with a guide. And I think you're going to be blessed by this. Matthew 4, verse 18. One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he saw Peter and Andrew. They were throwing a fish net into the water. They were throwing that net into the water because they were fishermen for a living. They, they were professional fishermen. And the Lord Jesus saw Peter and Andrew throwing a fish, uh, throwing a net rather, trying to catch fish. And he said, you men, won't you come follow me? And I'm going to show you how to fish for people, the Bible says. King James Version of Scripture would say, I'm going to show you how to become fishers of men. Fishers of men. I also want you to turn to John today, to the book of John Chapter number 16. This particular text will link straight to our subtopic of fishing with a guide. And there's no cute, nice, silly way to dive into this message today. I've been under a great burden coming into this sermon. And we're just going to hit it right here. John 16 verse 12 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I still have a lot that I want to talk to you about, but you can't handle it. However, when he... The Spirit of truth. Everyone say the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has come, He will guide. Everyone say guide. He will guide you into all truth. He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. Let's get started today. I think most of us would agree that Sharing Jesus with other people is definitely critical and needed. But if you're honest, you would agree with me that oftentimes it's not the lack of our care for people that keeps us from sharing Christ. It's the simple fact that we get distracted with our own lives. We've got kids to raise, we've got we've got ball to play. We've got jobs to work. We've got things to accomplish. It's not that we don't care. We just just care about us too much at times where we're caring about us more than other people. This really came home to me recently. I say recently. It was about two months ago. I was at the foot of my driveway and my neighbor directly across the street of whom I I know and we consider ourselves ourselves. Uh, kind and friendly and, 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 and welcoming to one another. She happened to be at her mailbox, and I said, well, what's up? I haven't seen you in forever. And I'm thinking it's going to be a joyful, uh, friendly response. And boy, did I get kicked in the gut with conviction when her voice was weaker than normal and her physical body language was 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 definitely compromised when my friend, she said, oh, well, you know, I had surgery. And the surgery led to some complications. And to be honest with you, it's not been going good for us. It's been really hard lately. And then the bombshell that just hurt me. She said, I thought about telling you and your wife, but I know how busy you are. And the lights begin to flash in my heart when I realized what a sad, awful presentation of a believer that I am. When someone perceives that I'm too busy to care about them. And the truth be known is I care, but the truth be known is without question I've probably been too busy to act upon my care. To live with intentional compassion. Oh, those are two good words. Somebody that's taking notes, write them down like you believe it. Intentional compassion. I think we all have a degree of compassion, but are we living it out intentionally? Are we intentionally compassionate about other people? I will tell you this morning that without any apology, intentional compassion can only come when it's fueled by the Holy Spirit. Now, i got to get the temperature of this room. Is this service, are you guys Holy Spirit people or Holy Ghost people? Ghost, you're Holy Ghost. You know, that 830 boy, you better go Holy Ghost on that 830 boy. Don't you be bringing that Holy Spirit. They're not sure who that one is. They, they like that Holy Ghost. <clears throat> that 1130 boy, they're all about, well, just the Spirit is fine with us. What's 10 o'clock? Y'all Holy Ghost or y'all Holy Spirit? I'll, I'll, I'll Okay. Oh, listen to the getting They're the same. Stop messing with everybody. Stop it. Why are you pushing their buttons like that? If you're going to have compassion for people in the world that we're living in when 65-hour 60, work weeks are normal, when kids playing 14 different sports in a week's normal, If you're going to have compassion for anybody other than you and your own in this culture, it better come from the Holy Spirit. Because you don't have the capacity to worry about you and yours and other people naturally. It's going to have to be supernatural. Are you following me? Because naturally, I'm all about worrying about the How's your day going? What's up? I'll be asking my daughters, "Do you have a good day? That's natural. There's a few people in my inner circle. You guys okay? Y'all doing good? Daddy, what do you need? Mama, you okay? Sister, you know. That's natural. But when you're in a sea full of fish that you're called to fish for, it's not natural for you to be aware of everybody's need. So you better stop by the upper room and you better get a good dose of the Holy Ghost. I don't know how to rap with Holy Spirit. You better get endued, the Bible says, with power from on high. You better have a supernatural baptism of the Holy Spirit that will cause you to care More than you would normally care on your own. It's called fishing with a guide. I've been fishing with a guide before and I can tell you right now I'm always more successful when I've got someone smarter than me in the boat. I can fish that stump for 20 minutes and not get a bite and the guide says try that stump. And the next thing you know I'm catching fish. It's like how would you know that? I'm a guide. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will guide you. It will give you, here it is, everybody. Everybody, look up. The Holy Spirit's kind of like this supernatural connection to heaven, an antenna that connects you to heaven. And, 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 and heaven saying, I need you to go over here and I need you to ask that question of that person because there's a need that they're never going to express to you and you're never going to be aware of outside that I'm going to lead you there and guide you there. But once you submit to someone smarter than you, you'll be successful in your fishing. See, this is biblical. It was in the book of Acts for some of us that grew up around the Pentecostal movement such as I did. I became real familiar with something called the upper room in the book of Acts. It's where the disciples of Christ were told to go and pray and to tarry. That's just a fancy word for wait. Just, just go and pray in this room, this upper room. Go and pray in this upper room until you are, are endued with power, until you're given An endowment until you're freely gifted with with a power that's supernatural. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's the catch. It was never intended for those disciples to stay in the upper room. It was to go and receive a gift from heaven. To go and to be witnesses. Or to go and fish for people. Now there's a lot of folks and. And in, 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 in my world, in my network of friendships, that they're determined to stay in the upper room. Because it's in the upper room, in the presence of God, where you really, and, and I don't mean this sarcastically. Because I've been in the upper room. And I have intentions to be in the upper room again in my life. But I will use some air quotes that are not meant to be sarcastic. But it feels good in the upper room because it's all about me and God. But that is a dangerous place to do life because you're missing your purpose. You can't catch fish at home. You have to get out to the streets. (laughs) I love some of y'all's facial expressions. It never was God's intention for the Holy Spirit to be for you. It was meant to be in you for other people. If you believe it, say preach, preacher. If you don't believe it, say preach, preacher. Let me tell you why you need the Holy Spirit in your life if you're going to fish for souls. Let me tell you why. A few critical things. Recent Barner survey of Americans a recent Barner survey of Americans says most Americans claim to be Christians all the while claiming that they do not believe in an absolute moral truth. The survey goes on to say, even more staggering, that most Americans feel accepted by God Even though their moral choices are in conflict with the Word of God tied to Christianity. Now, I'm gonna break that down in Louisiana education. Most Americans feel connected to God, they just don't want to live a godly life. They feel accepted by God. Keywords feeling, of which, if you give me a few minutes, I'm going to help us figure this thing out. You can't live by your feelings because your feelings will lie to you. Well, I feel she's upset with me. No, she hadn't had coffee yet today. <laughs> Don't live by your feelings. And all the ladies said, Amen. Don't live by your feelings. In America, we're in a culture right now where most people, most Americans, feel accepted by God because of this dangerous philosophy and mindset that's made its way into not just America but into the churches in America and not just into the churches in America but into the Christian church in America there has been a, a diluting, there has been a, a, a minimizing, there has been a marginalizing of this truth and that is Acts 4.12 tells me clearly that there's no other name given under heaven whereby men shall be saved. But we're in a world full of celebrities that have a huge, major platform. And I'll dodge any names because I don't want to offend anybody's. I, everybody likes certain people and it's not about these people personally. It's not a personal attack. It's an attack on their belief system. Celebrities have a bigger platform than preachers in America. And celebrities... Spew this false belief system that there's multiple paths to salvation. And that there's just a diverse road to take. And there's a a plethora of options. If you believe, you're good with me. If you, you believe, what do you believe? Well, I just believe. Well, that's okay. Everybody can believe something different. We're all going to the same place. No, we're not. I'm not going where you're going. And I don't mean that hatefully, but I can tell you right now, the scriptures tell me that Jesus said, he said, he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I can't apologize to you for saying this so strong. Jesus is the way to salvation. So if you're not going to have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to have to figure out ways of navigating all these voices in our culture that are spewing false belief. You're not smart enough to talk to people about this. God gives you head knowledge and heart knowledge. And a lot of us, we don't want to have too many conversations from the head. About two minutes with somebody, I'll find out real quick. I need to turn my heart on, not my head. Because I can't keep up intellectually with some of you. But if I can get tapped into the Holy Spirit, I could speak words of knowledge and wisdom that education can't keep up with. And some of you are trying to navigate fishing for people by using your intellect. When the Holy Spirit wants you to turn your head off and stop debating evolution creation. Stop debating uh, Pre tribulation and post tribulation. Stop debating stuff you can't spell. (laughs) And start communicating through the Holy Spirit. I'm starting to find out y'all more Holy Spirit than this one. (laughs) Y'all saw how I worked that? Start communicating the Holy Spirit, and you'll find what the Holy Spirit does. It breaks down the walls that culture has built, the, the wall of abuse, the wall of prejudice, the wall of, 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 of negativity and criticism, the wall of judgment, the wall of pain and hurt. The Holy Spirit can take brick by brick that the mortar of bitterness has built and the Holy Spirit can take that wall down and the next thing you know you're having a conversation in the Spirit with someone might be more educated, Might have a stronger uh, philosophical belief than you. But when the Holy Spirit starts reaching their heart, they find out what their number one issue is. You want me to tell you what every person's number one issue is? It's not immorality. It's not drugs or alcohol. It's not criminal activity. Everybody has the same common number one issue. And that is they've yet to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. Somebody say preach on preacher. Preacher. Stop by the upper room and get a good empowerment of the Holy Spirit and get out and go fishing. The Bible says they left the upper room in the book of Acts and they added over 3,000 souls to the work of God in just a matter of hours. It was not because they were smart, it was because they had intentional compassion for the lost. You ready for this? They cared. That someone had not given themselves over to salvation. Now, if it's gonna lean in for a little while, and I pray that a burden gets a hold of you, and I pray that conviction comes upon you that won't allow you to rest until you start seeing behind the faces of your loved ones and friends that you'll start seeing that there's a soul. On the line. John 16, verse number seven, reading from the message for a few seconds here. Jesus has his group, he has his small group of followers, and he starts talking to them like an old ball coach. And he says, Listen, fellas, you've been walking with me for a while, you've seen me raise the dead, you've seen me feed the multitudes, but I have to leave. And he says in the message, it's better for you that I leave. How is it better for me when I get to eat my meals with Jesus? How is it going to be better for me that you leave? He says, because if I don't leave, the comforter, the counselor, Here's a word your Bible doesn't use, but if you study the words your Bible does use, you'll trace it back to the word parakletos. If I don't leave, the parakletos won't come. The Holy Spirit won't come. Everybody look up here, a little Bible class for you. you got to understand, Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, was fueled himself by the Holy Spirit. You got to recall John's baptism of Christ. When John the baptizer was baptism, uh, uh, baptizing Christ, the Holy Spirit descended upon Christ as a dove. Yeah. He's he himself was empowered by the Holy Spirit, yeah. and he's saying, "I'm going to ascend. I'm going to leave you because the Holy Spirit." As long as I'm here doing the work of my Father, the Holy Spirit can't be in you. It can only be around you. And things are about to shift. The page is about to turn from the Holy Spirit being around you to the Holy Spirit being in you. And the Bible says that upon the mountain of ascension Christ ascended. And he gave the instructions for them to go to the upper room. And while in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh in that upper room. And they were endued, they were empowered by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Holy Ghost. It just slips out every now and then. Holy Spirit. They were empowered by it. And he says these words The friend, I love that message. The friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Here's why. Here's why the Holy Spirit must be released into the world on the day of Pentecost. When he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin. He'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin. The godless world's view of righteousness. The godless world's view of judgment. Hang in here with me. He'll show them, who? The godless world, that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. Now if you study that word parakletos, this is a little wrap up on this. You will see the same word used here in context of the Holy Spirit is the same word used for a legal assistant that would come along the side of an offended party stating their case to a judge that legal assistant Roman Roman did not Romans did not have public prosecutors they had these legal assistants that would come along the side of an offended party and state the case they were advocates They would speak for them. They would guide the offended party in stating his or her case. Paracletos. And you and I are going to go out and we're going to fish for people. But the Holy Spirit's ministry is going to come along you, along the side of you rather. It's going to speak through you and for you. It will state the case of Christ on your behalf Here's the good news, everybody. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to understand the tribulation. You don't have to be able to quote the book of Leviticus. Thank you, Jesus. In order to share the love of God with somebody. What do you need? You just need the Holy Spirit working through you on your behalf, loving and reaching people. Here's what the Holy Spirit brings. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 that the Holy Spirit brings mercy, God's mercy to people. (laughs) Here's why it's critical, why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Check this out. Every single one of us in this room, we we have a little bit of mercy that we give out, don't we? We give a little bit of mercy out, but it's like spoonfuls. We give a little mercy to our kids, but we have our limits. Can I get an amen? We, give a, we, we have a little mercy with our, our, our coworkers, but we have our limits. Can I get an amen? We give a little mercy to each other, but we, we give a little mercy to people we go to church with. But we have our limits. Can I have an amen? But Jesus, the book of Psalms says concerning God's mercy, that his mercy endures forever in other words the person that you're willing to go an inch with that same person God's willing to go to eternity for infinite reach infinite mercy so you don't have the capacity to love some people but if you get a good dose of the Holy Spirit in your life and you live from the Holy Spirit's wisdom and the Holy Spirit's unction. You can love anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're about to head off to Lithuania. And, and my buddy Tony that lives there, Tony told me, he said, man, just be prepared. They're not rude. They just won't, like, talk to you. They're not rude, but they won't talk to me. Don't they know I'm going to hug them? He said, don't hug them. No, don't, don't hug them. <laughs> I said, what you mean don't hug them? Everybody needs a hug. No, no, no don't, don't come to Lithuania hugging. Well, can I bump knuckles? No, 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 no. I said, what you want me to do? He said, just be nice. I said, that's how I'm nice. I hug. I'll never forget, Denora and I were up in a foreign country. Uh, we, were, we were there in a foreign country called Ohio And we were turned around. I was turned around. And I didn't know where I was going. And I told the nurse, I said, that's a UPS employee. They're all nice. They wear the little brown outfits. I said, it was a lady. I said, she's nice. Let me go over there. And she's sitting on curb eating a sandwich. I said, it's her lunch hour. I'm going to go over there and ask her. All I did, all I did, I'm serious. All I did was walk up. And she said, you're in my space. I said, no Espanol, no Espanol. Because <laughs> I know, I know that was some foreign language. Nobody gonna tell me I'm in this space when I just walked up. Foreign country. You remember that, baby? The noise like, baby, quit you're annoying people. It's like, why? I'm going somewhere, hang in here with me, watch this. When the Holy Spirit's speaking through you, there is no northern and southern dilemma there's no black and white issue there's no male female challenge there's no elder to student or student to elder situation there's no Lithuania there's no English (laughs) there's no Ohio you know what it is it's the love of God and the loving compassionate voice of the Holy Spirit speaks a universal language the language that it speaks is love And everybody, no matter how hardened, no matter how bruised, no matter how bitter, no matter how far away they are, everybody responds to love. They may not respond to your correction, but they'll definitely respond to the Holy Spirit's connection. And if you'll connect before you ever try to correct, you're going to establish the line of communication. So you need a guide. You need a guide. You need someone smarter than you. You need someone more sensitive than you. Because there's some of you that are like me. We kind of lack that sensitivity thing. So you better get the Holy Spirit to speak for you and through you. Let me, let me, let me, let me turn the table here. Or turn the corner rather. Let me, let me see if I can get this closed today. No one lived out compassion for us any better than our model, and that's our Savior, Christ Jesus. In John 11, he wept. He wept over Lazarus in the tomb. In Mark 6, Jesus wept over the lost city of Jerusalem. He had compassion for lost people. If Jeff can come help me close today, I pray that what I feel, I pray that it can get a hold of you. You know, the old church. You know, everybody has their opinion about, you know, things of the new church. What we, you know, the new church. Everybody has an opinion that there were things in the old church that that, that, that we got rid of that we should never have gotten rid of in, the, in today's church. And I think most of those things are subjective. Everybody has their opinion on things, and that, that's fine. But there's one thing that every single one of us know is the truth, even though it hurts. The old church used to weep over the lost. Weep. If it's and get real serious with you. Some of you got best friends that aren't going to heaven. Does it even bother you? Well, I mean, he's a good guy. I'll never forget. I was in San Antonio, Texas, and I had guests with me at church. And I was upset when the preacher preached a sermon that he entitled, I'm preaching this morning, Good People Go to Hell. And I remember thinking, man, what an idiot. What a terrible sermon title. This is my buddy, he's a good guy. Lord, be a little nicer. This week I was on vacation, took my wife and my girls down to the beach and that sermon came to my mind. I know what he was saying. I think I was the one in the wrong being offended. I'm a product of this environment, this culture. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about America, culture. Where everybody's so worried about offending someone. What's more offensive? Good people go to hell or the fact that your good friend went to hell? I mean, really, man. What's more offensive? You getting nervous about a, about a preacher talking about heaven and hell and eternity? Or what's more offensive? Facing judgment. You know, as long as I'm the pastor here, we're going to try to be excellent in all things. We're going to try to keep up. We're going to try to present our, thing, our, our, our ministry well. We're going to, try to, try, try, to, try, to you know, try to be as good as we can in all these areas. But I can tell you right now, man. Our job as a church is not to try to please people. Our job is to please God and serve people by warning them there is a better way. It's the only way. It's Jesus. So yes, we're going we're going to put the pedal down on children's ministry, on student ministry. We're going to have to try to try our best within our within our capacity to have the best music and we're going to do everything we can to be as good as we can be but at the end of the day good churches don't save good people Jesus saves sinners hey hold up hold up I know you're clappy but hold up you're going to go to work tomorrow with somebody that you actually like but do you love them enough to talk about Jesus let's just get real about this man you got kids in your house of ages of accountability they're not little ones playing with Barbies God forbid you have the mindset well I'm going to let them find their own way Go ahead. Let them find their own way. You better get a hold of them through the love of God and the Holy Spirit. And lead them to the way. Man, I feel the strength of God upon me right now. and I just, I just press in a little bit further. Let's just keep working for a second. I'm, I got time. Watch this. Watch this. D.L. Moody said this over 100 years ago, Emily. Over 100 years ago, a preacher said this. Many a man is praying for God to fill him when he's already full. What he should be praying is, God, show me where I can be emptied out. see there's a little subculture in Pentecostal type backgrounds that it's all about that upper room for you. And I get pressure on me all the time. You just need to have more upper room. Listen to me, some of y'all good Lord Jesus you smell like the upper room. You don't need the upper room, you need to be poured out. And I actually embraced the pressure. Kind of weird like that. a blessing to somebody else you don't need to be in a church that everybody looks the same, acts the same, talks the same smells the same you need to be doing lunch with people that need Jesus Amy Simple McPherson powerful female evangelist back in the early 90's this chick was strong man preaching in Canada she had a meeting started on Sunday. It was Saturday and she felt in the presence of God something dramatic happened to her. And she said, God, I, I commit to it. What she was committing to was she went that night on a Saturday night before her meeting started on Sunday and she went to the red light district. And I'll be careful with my language here, but she went house to house where women of the night were involved in their business. And she would knock on the door and she never once pointed. She never once gave judgment. When the door was opened... And she was met with resistance because who is this fanatical Christian woman? She, they were greeted with a hug. And there was resistance. What are you here for? She, she hugged. And she never once said, stop this. Don't do that. She, she just hugged. And then upon her leaving, she would give them a New Testament. Never once corrected. Holy Spirit communicated love. And for the religious in the room, I know you, I know you. You're thinking, well, where did their life change happen? It happened. Just didn't happen the way you wanted it to. Because the next morning, the tent was full of sinners. And I'm gonna be real honest with you. This church needs to be full of sinners. Needs to be full of sinners. So you got 52 Sundays a year. I'm going to be generous and give you 50 for you. And I want you to be burdened to give me two back. Two Sundays a year. Bring an unchurched. Not your Baptist cousin and your Pentecostal cousin. Unchurched. Friend to the house of God my last thing to tell you Charles Peace notorious filthy criminal terrible murderer died in England he died in England because his life was taken by the by the state because of his penalties of crime but before they took his life they sent a preacher in a preacher a christian preacher to go in and read him his last rites and to tell him about the lord and after that preacher did his little spiel the murderer looked in the preacher's eyes and said you know you and i were different i don't believe what you believe i just want you to know that but i want to tell you something pastor If I believed what you say you believe, I would crawl on my hands and knees upon broken glass from the border of England to the other border of England and would feel that the pain was worth it all just to see one person avoid the flames of the hell that you tell me about. If we believe at Calvary Church what we say we believe about eternity, then we better go fishing. And we better start weeping for our lost loved ones and our friends and your brother and your cousins and your sisters I can tell you right now, if you really believe it, it'll mess with you, man. It'll mess. With you. you won't see people the same. You'll see eternity in their eyes. it a mess with you. You need a guide. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit to give you insight. Stand with me. There's a lot of green. There's a lot of green pews. There's a lot of green pews. That need a person sitting in them. I wish the Holy Spirit would mess with you so much right now. That you would take claim over the pew you're sitting on. Figuratively speaking. (laughs) Got to be careful. Don't want you to think that's your pew. That you're going to fill it up. With lost souls. This fall, that you're gonna. To...